Welcome back in listeners to another fabulous episode of Whisper in the Wings, Stage Whisper. We are joined today by a very special guest. We have the playwright and performer, Sean Amato, whose show Beautiful Life 4 of 4 is playing August 11th through 13th at the Manus Studio Theater in Lyndhurst, Long Island, New York. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting studiotheaterlongisland.thunderticks.com. This is a fantastic show that if you are on Long Island or in the Lyndhurst area, you do not want to miss it. So why don't we go ahead and welcome on our guest, John, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you on today. I'm so excited to talk more about this show and learn more about it. Beautiful life for a four. Let's just dive right into it. Can you please tell us more about what this show is about? Absolutely. So beautiful life for a four can best be described as the perfect combination between euphoria and a Bronx tale. A very old school meets new school, it follows Italian-American actor Vincent Amarone as he recalls the events of his life that made him the actor he is today. Themes include growing up Italian, teen mental health, drug abuse, toxic masculinity, and growing up around organized crime, and to take that a step further, how to not get pulled into that life when you grow up around it. I feel like a lot of similar movies show growing up around organized crime, and they show how you can be engulfed in it, but never how you could be around it, but not partake. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love <laughs> this. This is fantastic. I love the the way that you described it. Uh, a Bronx tale meets, I'm so sorry. It was a Bronx tale meets euphoria. Euphoria. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what a brilliant, you know, old meets new. I love that. How did you come up with the idea for this show? Well, Growing up, I experienced a lot of things that I was unsure how to cope with. And my sophomore year of college, I really got into writing. I started writing little stories that meant a lot to me. And at that point in my life, you know, I was a bit of a different person. I didn't, I I didn't accept looking into talking about feelings and going into therapy and stuff like that. That wasn't something that at that point in my life I was ready to do. So a good friend of mine, Malik Summers, who's an actor who I still talk to this very day, we're very close. He suggested, why don't you start writing it down? Write down the demons you face, write down the things that keep you up at night that you still think about. And I just started, you know, writing little snippets, little short stories again. And pretty soon I realized I was writing scenes and they were taken directly from experiences and things I've known other people to experience with. And I tried to write them in the style of Euphoria and A Bronx Tale because those were the two first pieces of art that I watched. And I said, oh, I know these people or I see those characters and I feel like they think the same way I do. So once I was able to translate my thoughts into these scenes is when I really started having a production that I could trust and allow myself to be vulnerable in. So in a way, it started out as as my own form of therapy. I love that. I love yeah. that. I love the way that you used art essentially as mm-hmm. the, I mean, just another testament to the power of art. Yeah. So kind of building on that, what has it been like developing Beautiful Life 404 and putting it up on its feet? Well, 
developing, you know, it had a lot of bumps. I started writing my sophomore year of college and then we hit the pandemic. So to take that back a bit, you know, it was very scary at times. For one thing, I was asking myself to be vulnerable and vulnerable enough to say things out loud. And to take that a step further, when I began workshopping it in college with colleagues, I was showing them a side of me that they didn't know. So I had to be vulnerable for the first time and I had to trust them and trust that they were going to take the material, be professional about it and not judge, right? Additionally, when I was converting into the one man show, that itself was an entire curveball. You know, Beautiful Life 404 had its first run at the Cortland 1890 house and when they agreed to produce it, they told me we didn't have money to pay actors, so I couldn't have all the actors I wanted on stage with me. And because of COVID, I couldn't have a lot of people on stage with me. So I was unsure what to do. And I said earlier that A Bronx Tale was a huge influence on me and almost like a sign, you know, I was scrolling through Facebook one day and, you know, it has all those videos that they recommend for you. And Chaz Palminteri came up talking about how he turned his one-man show into a movie. And as if like a, a, a big sign just flashed in, my, in front of my face, like, this is what you can do. You know what I mean? Here's a man that you've seen his art and you appreciate his art and it inspired you. So why not try the same thing? So that night I sat down, I started combining monologues. I started formatting it in a way where I could play all the parts. And then I got really into it because there were certain scenes that I can dive in a little bit deeper into the main character's thoughts because then it was just coming from my point of view. So it was a real roller coaster, you know, stepping into characters, not just of my own, but into where I would envision them as other people. Wow, that's fantastic. And you mentioned that you started this, correct me if I'm wrong, your sophomore year of college, right mm -hmm. around 2020. Yeah. And now it's coming through fruition here in 2023. This is the world premiere. Is that right? It's the Long Island premiere. The, Long the, the one-man show has actually had two other runs. Once at the Cortland 1890 house in 2021. And then a year later in 2022, or about a year later, at Summerfest at New York Theater Festival in Teatro Latea. Although that one, that was just a 45-minute production of it. Because as a one-man show, they only allowed 45-minute showings of one man shows you know that was almost like i described as beautiful life 404 light <laughs> beautiful life 404 with lemon yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> well that's fantastic so let me ask what is the message or the thought you're hoping that the audience will walk away with from your show mm. you are going to make mistakes you are going to have bad experiences and good experiences you're going to feel like you're at the bottom and people are going to go in and out of your life. And you know what? You're going to be okay. Because all of that will make you stronger and it will make you, you. Everything that the main character, Vincent Amarone, experiences from his drug dealing friend growing up to dating a young woman who is extremely mentally ill and he doesn't know how to handle that, let alone how to handle himself from his friends coming in and out of his life to his mob connections all these things he's taking these lessons and learning from each person and it creates him and as he's getting ready at the beginning of the show for his own play 
he's looking in the mirror and he's seeing not just himself, but all the characters that we're about to visit. Everyone made him who he is. And at a certain point, rather than laying down in bed at night, staring at the ceiling saying, God, I can't believe that happened. Or God, I can't believe that this person did this. You lay in bed and you say, I'm glad that happened because it made me who I am. That is fantastic. Wow. I love that. So finally, for this first part of the interview, I'd love to know, who do you hope have access to Beautiful Life 404? Young people. You know, I hope that, you know, spe specifically people in high school and early college, I, and, you know, the young man who believes that he has to be this tough guy, that there's this guy out there that feels like he has to be tough and you know he has to be the guy that tells his girlfriend or significant other what to do or he feels the need to go out and hang out with these bad influences because it makes him seem badass or strong or you know he's the guy to go to i hope that that person sees it and says you know what i don't need to do that to be quote unquote a man you know, I don't need to give in to my toxic masculinities and toxic behavior in order to be this tough, strong individual. I can be strong in other ways. I can support people instead of putting them down. I can change myself and go on a better path to better myself. So those are the type of people I hope who see that. The young, young kids who feel like they have no other choices left. Because at a certain time, the main character, Vincent, he felt that he had no other choices, that this life that was laid out in front of him, this is who he was going to be for the rest of his life. But then with some guidance from his family and accepting that he can change and accepting that he can put in the work, he does. And he goes to college almost in a blink, in a, in a, in a blink of an eye, you know, because that's the thing is like they have to want to move forward. You know, you can't move forward if you don't want to. And allowing yourself to go there and allowing yourself to go to that vulnerable place will get you further than being the tough guy that can, you know, dominate everyone. I want to change lanes now and sure. give our audience a chance to get to know you a little bit better, <laughs> okay. even though, I mean, we've, we've kind of already gotten to know you a little bit. <laughs> I want to kick things off with our regular first question on the second half, which is what or who inspires you? What mm. playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past or mm -hmm. are some of your favorites? Well, I mentioned earlier, Chaz Palminteri's A Bronx Tale inspired me a lot, you know, and as well as Euphoria. They were some of the first times in my life that I saw myself in some of those characters. And I saw, you know, someone who thought the same way I did or maybe have had similar experiences as myself be on TV and be in movies and be vulnerable. Additionally, actors and, and artists that have influenced me a lot growing up, Frank Sinatra. You know, I come from a very old school Italian American family. So Frank Sinatra was always playing. Dean Martin was always playing. You know, I listened to a lot of Sammy Davis Jr., Nat King Cole, Andrea Bocelli. And 
you know, all of those singers, you know, you listen to their music and it's like you're watching a movie. And that was something I tried to capture in my play was like that old school sound and that old school soul and feeling in the music. You know, I tried to bring that to the table as well. And actors that, that have inspired me, you know, in addition to Chaz was Sylvester Stallone, how he wrote his his piece. Another example of a man who feels the need to, you know, be this man and who he is, but does it in a way where he can be vulnerable, you know, and he puts his heart on a plate. Actors like that is who inspires me, you know? I love that. I love that list. Have you seen a great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I have. In addition to working on this play at Manus Studio Theater, I'm also working at the Argyle Theater in Babylon. Uh, I'm working in the Children's Theater on Susical, but in addition to being in Susical, I've seen Greece at the Argyle that I actually have a few friends in, and they are killing that show. It is a wonderful show. Most shows at the Argyle are. They're, they're always doing wonderful shows there, but this particular production of Greece has something special to it. Everyone is incredibly talented, from the leads to the swings. Like Whoever is on just brings her own magic performance to the table, and it's it's really a great show. Oh, fantastic. Yes, a great reason to escape the city and head out to Long Island. There you go. I remember when I saw Greece, that I, I think I was in the seventh or eighth grade. I went out, I bought my first leather jacket. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Well, building kind of on that then, you know, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Oh, God. Well, performing itself, you know, performing gives me a feeling I can't replicate anywhere else. It's this perfect combination between nervousness and excitement like this perfect high and additionally meeting all kinds of new people who you become so close with and be able to create a show that will be unique unique to you and your fellow company it's unlike anything in this world like you do a show let's say you do Sweeney Todd I did Sweeney Todd in high school and that particular Sweeney Todd will be unlike any other production of Sweeney Todd I'll do and Greece like I was just talking about the Argyle those individuals in Greece that it'll be unlike any other Greece that they're going to do in their life. And working with those people and creating those memories, there's no other job like it. Yes, apps. I love that answer so much. So we've now at my favorite question, which is what is your favorite theater memory? Oh God. When I was younger, this goes back, I think I was about 15. I did a theater camp every summer. It was a Three Village Musical Theater Company, TVMTC, if you will. And I did this camp for a couple of years, but this one summer it was my final year being eligible for the camp. Uh, again, I think I was like 15, and it was just the year that I felt myself say, no, this is what I want. This is what I want to do with my life. I remember we performed Jet Song. And I started the song portraying Riff, and we did Eye of the Tiger, which you know, that was the year that Rocky the Musical came out, and it was very popular, and so, or maybe just popular to me because it didn't run very long. But, but it was in those songs that I, I just felt that feeling I talked about, that perfect combination between nervousness and excitement that I realized I couldn't replicate anywhere else. And I was young, but I became serious about acting. And just, you couldn't 
scrape me off that stage if you tried that summer. Like I, I wanted to live there. And at the time, yeah, I was facing a tough decision because I was also playing football. You know, I'm also a sports guy and I played football all my life and I had to make a choice between the two because the following year, the school musical and the football season would conflict with each other. And I was so torn. But I remember being in this male ensemble with a bunch of my friends and looking around at them and thinking, these are the relationships I want to have the rest of my life. This is the feeling I want to have the rest of my life. This big 250 person company of kids all looking to create was just, you know, if I can go back to a show or go back to a time, it would be there because like, you know, Frankie Valley says in Jersey boys, when it was all still ahead of us, you know, back when it was just the music, you know, that is the line I think of when I think of myself at 15. Cause when I do the shows, I, I still, I still see myself as that 15 year old kid, wide eyed and excited to be there even today, you know? Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's a beautiful <laughs> memory. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, thank you. So do you have any other projects or productions coming down the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Sure. Well, as after I closed Beautiful Life 404, I just accepted a contract with Theater 3 in Port Jefferson. I will be their a company member with them for another 10 months. I worked this job last year and I had such a great experience. The shows that I will be in for them is The Prom. I'll be Nick in The Prom. I will be playing Fred Hollowell in their production of A Christmas Carol. That's Scrooge's nephew. I played him last year as well and I'm really excited to revive that role. And I will be, hasn't been cast yet, but I'll be in the producers there as well. Yay, oh my gosh, three fantastic shows. It's incredible. It might be a good reason to take the train out then this holiday season. I love oh, please do, Carol. Please you know. do, yeah. I'd love to have I'd love to have you as my guest. So please do. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, that kind of leads into my final question then, which is, if our listeners would like more information about Beautiful Life Four of Four or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? Sure, they can follow my Instagram, which is at Sean Amato Official. That's S E A N A M A T O Official. And beautiful underscore life underscore 404 is the play's Instagram as well. Well, Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. This show just sounds absolutely fantastic. And thank you for sharing all your other insight and that wonderful story. I mean, Truly, this has been a blast. I, I would love to talk to you again because oh, it is wonderful. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, I've been following this, you know, you guys for a while and I'm really excited to have been on with you and this has been a wonderful experience. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Hopefully we have you back, maybe for a Christmas Carol. Oh, that would be wonderful. I'm, I'm all jazzed now. I even wrote it down. I'm like, all right, holiday season. We're doing this. Yeah. No, well, that would thank, be great. Thank you again. Thank you. My guest today has been the playwright and performer, Sean Amato, whose show, Beautiful Life 404, is playing August 11th through the 13th at the Manus Studio Theater in Lindenhurst, Long Island, New York. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting studiotheaterlongisland.thundertix.com. And we've got some contact information for both Sean and the show that we'll be posting on our episode description, as well as on our social media post. But if you are on uh, the Long Island area or in Lindenhurst, 
Or if you're just nearby and you need a great reason to escape the city, hey, August 11th through the 13th, it's a great way to spend the weekend. Check out Beautiful Live 404 playing the 11th through the 13th at the Manez Studio Theater. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. Hello.